BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Oh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. My fellow Americans. I'm Katie Couric, and this is Turnout. Folks, the people of this nation have spoken. They've delivered us a clear victory, a convincing victory. victory. On Saturday, November 7th, after days of counting, Pennsylvania finally tipped the scales for the Biden-Harris ticket. A victory for we the people. We've won with the most votes ever cast from presidential ticket in the history of the nation. 74 million. That night in Wilmington, Delaware, the president-elect and his vice president-elect sent out a message of unity. You chose hope and unity, decency, science, and yes, truth. It's time to put away the harsh rhetoric, lower the temperature, see each other again, listen to each other again. It was a refreshing moment. It was also historic. But while I may be the first woman in this office, I will not be the last. On Sunday, the day after those speeches, I woke up feeling like my old self again. Just 40, I mean, four years older. Here's the thing about President Donald Trump. I know him, or at least I got to know him during my 15 years on the Today Show. From NBC News, this is Today with Katie Couric. Part of our job was to promote a reality show I had never seen called The Apprentice. Last night on The Apprentice, I did the unexpected. I didn't even give the fiery a chance to fight for her spot. His success, in fact, was partially our responsibility. You're fired. The Donald, as he was known to Manhattanites, was very nice to me during those years. He supported my colon cancer efforts after my husband died, and I even attended his wedding to Melania in 2005. In 2016, in the contest between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, I believed Hillary would have been a far better president. 
and I was disappointed and pretty shocked at the results. But Hillary Clinton's gracious concession speech moved me. We have seen that our nation is more deeply divided than we thought. But I still believe in America, and I always will. And if you do, then we must accept this result and then look to the future. Donald Trump is going to be our president. We owe him an open mind and the chance to lead. I tried to keep an open mind. I prayed that somehow the awesome and humbling job of leading our country would bring out the best in Donald Trump, that he would rise to the occasion. But instead, it was the opposite. As Trump's character sank lower and lower, we Americans were like the proverbial frog in the water. As that water got hotter and hotter over the course of his presidency, we became slowly accustomed to his norm-breaking outrages until it reached a roiling boil. I recognize that some people appreciated that Donald Trump said it like it was and that he became a vessel for their fears and frustrations. But every day he seemed to take his bare hands and rip apart the gaping wound that already existed in our country, preventing any chance of eventual healing. The birther who inexplicably promoted the false notion that Barack Obama was not a U.S. citizen gave birth to countless conspiracy theories and the nefarious groups that trade in them. And he sowed mistrust in our institutions, a reality star who locked his supporters into an alternate reality and threw away the key. Donald Trump didn't grow bigger in the job. He grew smaller. And now... It really is morning in America. We have a president and vice president who will conduct themselves with dignity, humility, and decency. We must restore the soul of America. Our nation is shaped by the constant battle between our better angels and our darkest impulses. And what presidents say in this battle matters. It's time for our better angels to prevail. Tonight, they have a huge task, of course, making millions of Americans who didn't support them feel seen, heard, and cared about. They must help them understand that the changing demographics of our country isn't something to fear, but to celebrate. And job number one is to lead the country out of an out-of-control pandemic that's leaving families grieving over the lives and livelihoods lost. I'm an optimist, but I'm not cockeyed. We may never agree on everything, but I'm looking forward to, as Joe Biden said, lowering the temperature of our national thermostat and seeing each other as human beings, not bumper stickers or lawn signs. Maybe then we can get back to work and start making progress on some enormous problems that won't just go away on their own. I wanted Donald Trump to succeed, and I gave him a chance. For all those who voted for him, please do the same for the incoming administration. So keep an open mind, and maybe, just maybe, we can all work together. We're gonna take a short break. When we come back, let's see how our democracy is doing now that the 2020 election is almost in our rearview mirror. 
Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Now that this unprecedented pandemic election is technically behind us, we thought it'd be helpful to get a temperature read on our democracy. The 2020 elections were far better than some of the worst case scenarios. To do that, we brought back Jesse Littlewood of Common Cause. And still had some challenges for voters that we think could be improved because democracy works best when more people participate. And we think that there's a lot of reforms in the 2020 elections to build on, but democracy needs to keep pushing forward to have a democracy that truly works for everyone. During the early voting period and on election day, Common Cause was out there and across the country, keeping an eye on democracy at work. So the Election Protection Coalition that Common Cause is proud to be one of the leaders of, not only is deployed people in the field into uh, over 40 states, helping to monitor the polling places. Um, you know, many of our volunteers were in a car or on a bicycle, sort of traveling between a couple of polling places to make sure that the election was running smoothly. You know, our partners, the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law, manned the 866-R-Vote hotline, which received, you know, a record number of calls. And that's not necessarily because there was a record number of problems, but there were people who learned that there was a resource for them to answer their question, 
to find out where their polling place was, to understand what kind of ID they needed, and they were able to get their questions answered and, and actually participate. Now, that data is actually really vital to be able to make a plan to change any of the problems that did crop up on election day. So that data, the data that comes from our field volunteers, the data that we found from our social media monitoring program, we're gonna turn that into uh, usable, actionable insights for state legislatures and other decision makers to see where there were systemic problems and be able to address those on their state level. In this country, we administer elections on a state-by-state -state level, sometimes county-by-county. County. And so being able to actually be a source of information and to help advocate for voters of any party to participate and get over some of these hurdles is something we're gonna do. You know, I think one thing that I found really remarkable was in our social media monitoring program, you know, we set that program up to not only look for the disinformation that is attacking voters, you know, telling people the wrong ways to vote or telling them that their vote doesn't count or trying to undercut their belief in the integrity of the system. We also set that system up because we know many voters don't know the hotline number or don't know who to call if they have a problem. And we found just a remarkable number of instances of voters tweeting out that they had a problem, that they were told they had to use a provisional ballot or that there was a long line at their polling place or they couldn't be found in the voter rolls. And we were able to connect with those voters because we have this network of volunteers and tell them, okay, you can actually get your problem solved. You can call 866-R-VOTE. Um, if you're being told to use a provisional ballot, you should talk to the 866-R-VOTE volunteer or your administrator and find out why, because maybe you're just in the wrong polling place. And if you go to a different polling place, you won't have to vote provisionally. So we, we saw a lot of folks use these social media tools to kind of throw up a flare and ask for help. And because we had this network of volunteers, we were able to do a little bit of a search and rescue mission. We found those folks and we were able to get them that information. And because social media is a publishing platform, other people saw that too, when they saw their friends ask for help and that a resource was there. I think that's important on an individual level, but also, and I, I'll be a little cheesy here, it's, it's also important on kind of a societal democratic participation level. There's so much happening right now in, especially on social media, that is a competing, it's a partisan warfare, it's two parties attacking each other either about policies or about the election process. And to see that there was individuals, voters, people just like them saying, we're here to help you. I don't care what party you're part of, I don't care who you're voting for, you have a right to vote, I'm here to help you. I think that actually matters to push back on the way that you know, politics right now is kind of a blood sport and a winner-take-all contest. And instead, we were able to have democracy in action of voters helping voters, you know, stepping outside of our own partisan bubble and saying, there's going to be problems that people have. I don't really care where or, you know, what party they are, but I'm going to step in and try and help them. And I think that that goes to the process of rebuilding a stronger civic fabric in this country. Jesse says, big picture, there are two major takeaways from the 2020 election. Number one takeaway for me is that when you give people opportunities to vote on a day other than the first Tuesday in November, they will take you up on the offer and it will make your first day in November, election day, run much smoother. Expanding early vote, expanding vote by mail, those are 
huge benefits, not just to voters, but to the people who need to administer the elections because it reduces the volume that you have to go through on that day. I also think that voters are getting the the message pretty clearly that um, their vote matters when you see that the margin of victory in some of these contests is really, really narrow. Now, Common Cause is not a big proponent of the Electoral College. In fact, we support the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact because the way the Electoral College works um, is a real voter depression in terms of making folks feel like their vote doesn't actually count in the presidential contest in many states. But as we saw, there are some very close races in some of these key battleground states. And I think it sends a message clearly to the voters that every vote does matter. And the narrow margin of victory means how important it is for everyone to turn out and make their voice heard in our democracy. When we come back, what that big turnout could mean for future elections. That's right after this. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. I believe that we had a higher turnout than almost at any other point in the history of the electorate. Again, here's Jesse Littlewood of Common Cause. And that is, I think, a testament to the great work of elections workers, as well as the changes that we made to the election systems in response to the coronavirus pandemic, which could have crashed our turnout. And instead, it actually increased it from the last four years which is a remarkable success story. Now, there were very real problems that happened to individuals over the course of Election Day. There's far too many barriers to be able to exercise your vote, especially when it comes to people of color and and low-income communities or people with disabilities or other folks uh, like students 
who still have a lot of barriers in their way in order to be able to vote. But we saw no large scale meltdown of the election process. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that the, the changes that we made in the process included expanding the vote by mail system to far more voters than ever before. And it also the number of early days that voters could participate meant that a very large portion of the votes were already in before the singular election day on the first Tuesday in November. And because of that, that reduced some of the administrative challenges that we've seen in the past. High turnout is good news, but Jesse says there were still those familiar barriers to the ballot. The thing I don't want to do is erase the challenges that some people still have in being able to exercise their right to vote. And those challenges don't happen just on Election Day. They come through restrictive laws like strict voter ID laws that we know disenfranchise individuals, particularly voters of color more so than others. Those barriers still exist, right? And the challenges of removing people unduly from the voter rolls when they haven't been active in the most recent elections, these challenges are still there. And yet, despite that, democracy won, people overcame those barriers, more people participated as a voter in this election than in previous periods. And that was because of the interest in participating in the democracy and the fact that elections workers really stood up to the challenge and were able to, to do more um, in terms of actually administering this election despite not having the resources that they needed to have to be able to fully administer it and the challenges that we had, they, they did a lot with what they were able to do. So I would call it certainly a qualified success. I wouldn't say that it was perfect because democracy is a process. It is not a destination and we are still need to eliminate any of the barriers to people participating in our democracy of which there's, there still exists far too many. This election also brought to the surface new potential obstructions to voting that organizations like Common Cause are watching and plan to fight. Well, we were expecting a large amount of disinformation about the elections. I think I was still surprised by the volume, the consistency, and the sort of ferocity of it. And I think while we have seen it increase sort of year over year, I am concerned that specifically around the disinformation about the participation in democracy will continue to be just a, a tactic used by partisans in order to secure victory for their preferred candidate. Uh, whether or not that becomes really part of the party and the campaign apparatus remains to be seen. We know that there were a number of legal challenges filed by the Trump campaign and, and the Republican National Committee about certain types of reforms that were made to do expansion of the voting process, including the vote by mail system and early voting, drop boxes and how many are allowed per county. That kind of legal push to restrict reforms that could give more people access to voting, I think is really troubling and something that will be really important to pay attention to in the future. While it appears that President Trump has lost re-election, Republicans across the country did not fare that badly. And so it is gonna be interesting to see how the Republican National Committee and, and the Republican Party decides to steer their course when it comes to deciding what are the kinds of voting reforms they, um, they want to encourage, what kind of for voting reforms they wanna discourage. What is troubling about that is that by and large, states and the elections administrators in those states 
have a pretty good idea, especially when they're in dialogue with voter protection groups, what voters need to be successful and to be able to participate and to see it become a key campaign tactic to try and change the rules of the system. I don't think that is uh, beneficial to voters or to our democracy. So we're going to watchdog that kind of process um, in the future as we continue to look at how polling places are deployed and other kinds of reforms. Um, we'd like to see a lot of the kind of reforms that clearly increase turnout remain in place um, as we voters are now starting to get experienced with more vote by mail um, options. Those are positive reforms that will help more voters turn out. So we'd like to see what can be done to ensure that those are permanent reforms that are available to more voters in future elections. It's great that we saw more Republicans, independents, and Democrats participate in this election than any other. That's the bottom line of what a good democracy looks like is when there is a robust contest between competing ideas and the body politic decides to make their voice heard and what that outcome is gonna be. But my hope, and this may be something of rose-colored glasses, but my hope is that it's also people de determining for themselves that it's important to be an active citizen, right? And to actually decide for themselves that what they're gonna do is they're gonna participate in one of the ways, one of the most important ways, not the only way, but one of the ways of making their voice heard in shaping the future and the decisions of our country. And that means deciding to vote. And I hope that everyone, regardless of your political belief, decides that that is something you will continue to do throughout future elections. And as for President Trump's so far refusal to concede, Jesse says the fact is the process continues whether a losing candidate wants it to or not. The will of the people decides, the votes were cast, the votes are counted, the process moves forward, and those are that's who is uh, the next person elected as president or in any other office. So in some sense, it's immaterial. The president's decision to not concede the election is immaterial to the progress of our electoral system, and that's the way it should be because it's not up to the person in the office to decide what the process is. It's up to the voters in our democracy and the process that's laid out through our laws. But Jesse says the president's continued rhetoric is crossing a line that we've never seen before. It is corrosive to our democratic process and participation by voters in future elections when uh, a losing candidate doesn't concede the election. That's just the reality because then it makes individuals potentially not trust the results of the system or the way that the system is set up and operates. I don't think that they get, well, that's not the, the way that the process plays out. I think it is really disappointing and I think it is dispiriting from someone my perspective of someone who wants to see a robust democracy, not only in you know 2020, but in all future elections, to see um, that kind of response coming from someone um, who you know is going to you know leave kicking and screaming instead of reflecting on the the process played out and that the if the voters have spoken, they're the will that they're going to accept. When I think about the fact that many top Republicans, although some have congratulated you know, and said, we congratulate President-elect Biden. Many have not. I think it's, again, it, ultimately it's immaterial to the results of the election, which will play out based off of the will of the people, the votes that are counted, and the process that goes forward. 
I think it is really disappointing and it is potentially a source of additional conflict among voters and our country when at the result of a tension-filled, highly partisan, really intense election that they are unwilling to quickly move the country forward when the result is very clear. Those Republican elected officials were elected through a democratic process just like the kind that we had days ago that clearly has resulted in many races being called. I, I wish that they would um, you know, take the opportunity to stand up for the process, even if the candidate that they preferred wasn't the victor and put their country over their party. Jesse reiterates that there was plenty of hope in the 2020 election process. I am really just floored by the response of election workers, poll workers. Uh, you know, we had a whole wave of young people applying to be poll workers so that poll workers who are historically um, older were able to not be um, at risk of potential uh, coronavirus, uh, you know, at the polling place. We saw more volunteers in the election protection program than we've seen in any other cycle that we've been involved in. They're just to me, it felt like there was a wave of civic participation, not just in voting, but in putting democracy into action and stepping out of your partisan self and into a democratic self and helping to build a stronger civic society and a civic fabric where we encourage each other, even if we don't agree on all the issues, encourage each other to participate. And speaking of strong civic participation, before we go today, there's someone else we wanted to check in with. I continued up until October registering, going to the parole facilities, the state parole facilities. You may remember Annette Scott, the volunteer for the League of Women Voters. She helps register returned citizens in New Jersey. For the first time in 176 years, when the law, because the law it went in effect March 17th, that those on parole or probation could vote. She's featured in episode two of this series. I wanted to make sure they were all registered. Well, of course, she's also a longtime poll worker. I'm what they call a permanent worker. And what we what we had to do is we had to go before we could election day, you had to go to a refresher course. And they had set up quite a few of them in different areas. And I went to the refresher course. And what they did was they combined those like myself who have been poll worker for years, senior poll workers, and also all the new ones. And they had like over a hundred new ones. And there were various ages, but mostly younger because the majority of poll workers are seniors. <laughs> because most people don't want to take off the day, even though we're paid. $200 for the day, but a lot of them, you have to be there 5.15 in the morning because the law says you must have the voting machines ready by 6 a.m. So you have to get there early enough to set up the machine, do the paperwork, all that you have to do so that if someone comes in at 6 a.m., you have to have that ready to vote, that machine ready for them. And then 8 o'clock is the last time. So it's a very, very long day. And a lot of people you know, if you have children and whatnot from 5.15 in the morning to 8 at night, how could you do it? But for for college students, for other people, they've been begging for some time to try to get a younger audience, a, a younger participants in so that 
we would be able to accommodate because as more and more of the seniors retire or, you know, they pass or they're not able to anymore, there's not enough people to replace them. Annette's already looking beyond 2020 and the changes in her state that she hopes will continue to expand voting access. Yes, there's still things that need to be changed and need to be, you know, worked on and whatnot. But hopefully we will continue to see change. And what I know that they're working on in New Jersey, but, you know, it doesn't have the priority, uh, of course, compared to COVID. But those who are incarcerated in New Jersey, they want to eliminate that as a barrier because two states, Maine and Vermont, never had it. So if you're incarcerated, parole and probation, you could always vote. And they were hoping that New Jersey would have been the third, but it didn't get the support that it needed. So they didn't do it. And she is already organizing to help more returned citizens register for future elections. I was asked by the assistant director of the state parole board, okay, to please return to the facilities where I had registered people on parole or probation. And he added more to it. (laughs) He gave me, he emailed me, he asked me to visit this facility. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, I, I don't know where it's, you know, the address. I don't know of this place. He said, oh, so he sent it to me and on it, about six more places. <laughs> so right now in New Jersey, there's over 83,000 people on parole or probation. And if we only registered 3,000, that's a lot of people we missed, huh? So hopefully going back to these facilities, I've, I've emailed all the people who said they wanted to help me. I've emailed them all. And I'm waiting for them to respond because I'm hoping to do it the 1st of December to go start visiting facilities that Thank you, Annette, for all your hard work. That does it for this week's episode of Turnout. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. And to keep an eye on the news, you can subscribe to my morning newsletter, Wake Up Call. Just go to katiecurric.com to sign up. Until next time, I'm Katie Couric, and take care, democracy fighters everywhere. Turnout is a production of iHeartMedia and Katie Couric Media. The executive producers are Katie Couric and Courtney Litz. Supervising producers Lauren Hansen. Associate Producers, Derek Clements, Eliza Costas, and Emily Pinto. Editing by Derek Clements and Lauren Hansen. Mixing by Derek Clements. Our researcher is Gabriel Loser. And special thanks to my right-hand woman, Adriana Fazio. You can follow me at all my election coverage at Katie Couric. Meanwhile, yes, I'm Katie Couric. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? 
M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, Peanut Butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of Peanut Butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 